All right. Get my workout on with this thing. This is heavy. Oh. Man, I woke up today excited. Um, Pastor Mitch said, you get to preach on prayer today. And not just any prayer, but contemplative prayer. Um, I'm going to paint a little bit with a broad brush. I'm not going to, you know, but I do want to get into some definitions. Um, not right away, but some common examples of, of prayer so we have a good understanding of what contemplative prayer is and the difference. Um, because at the end of the day, like Mitch said, I mean, prayer is a, it's a discipline. You know, it's, it's literally a discipline. It's like working a muscle, right? Um, all we do is bench press, and we have little, little tiny legs, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's, it's literally, but even, even if, let's say it's like legs, and let's say all you do is leg press, you know, and those of you familiar with the anatomy, you have your abductors, your adductors, your gastrocnemius, and you have your, your, you know, your soleus, and you have your tibialis. If you're only working your, just, you know, just this, you're only working your, your quads, and that's it. You're going to be not as strong, moving laterally. Anyway, I, I digress. But the point is, is you see these guys in the gym, and, and you know, they're huge up top and small on the bottom, and you're like, man, you... They're always wearing pants. You know? You're like, man, it's, it's be 110 degrees. It's like, why are you wearing pants? Oh, my legs get cold. Oh, okay. Well, point is, is let's not be top-heavy spiritually. That's the main point I'm trying to get to. Uh, what a long way about getting about that. Golly. But, um, yeah, true prayer takes discipline. Right? So um, if you've been here for a while... Um, last year, I actually preached on prayer, right? And I preached on the Lord's Prayer, right? And the Lord's Prayer, it gives us the format of how we enter into God's presence, right? It tells us how we enter into God's presence. If you remember, it starts off with adoration towards God, right? Adoration towards God, right? Our Father, chart in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thine will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I'm giving him adoration. Like, no matter what, I just want to give you glory first before I go through a diatribe of all of my needs. Right? And this is vision up work. This is the vision. We have talked about vision up, vision in, vision out. Right? The vision is Jesus. So Jesus up, that's adoration. So we start off with adoration towards God. And we go into our needs for, you know, our daily bread, uh, our need for forgiveness, our need to be led, and our need for deliverance, right? And then what do we do after that? We end with adoration again. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. So even I need my daily bread, forgive me for my sins, all that. But you know what? You're in control. You're in control either way. So I'm just having a relationship with my father, and I'm, ta- I'm telling him these, these are my needs. That I, I know you're going to take care of them, but these are my needs. 
Again, vision up work. Now, contemplative prayer is a little different, um, but it's still linked to vision up. All right, contemplative prayer is vision in work. It's transformative. Right, so like I said a second ago, the vision is Jesus. And so the vision up leads to vision in. Vision up leads to vision in. So adoration for God leads to transformation. Right, you can't have transformation without adoration. You can't have true transformation without adoration. You can change on the outside, right? change your clothes or change you know, the way people might perceive you. But on the inside, only God can change the heart. That only happens through adoration towards God. Right? It's the only way that it can truly happen. Um, if you don't take anything away, that's take that. I mean, sermon's over. I mean, you know, that's, <laughs> I don't have anything else to say past that. Uh, I probably should read some scripture, though. Yeah, that's probably good. This would be the shortest sermon ever if I did that. But, um, you know, anybody familiar with the Psalms? We're pretty familiar with the Psalms, right? Uh, Psalms is like the longest book in the Bible. Longest book in the Bible. I think that's pretty significant. If you go into the uh, middle of your Bible, right in the middle, you will go to Psalms. And let's go to Psalms 1. Psalms 1 and verse 1. It might be on your screen there. Psalms is literally the book of praises, right? What it means. Um, I like to say that book of adoration even and maybe they have you guys have it back there on the on the screen no that's okay um so psalms 1 says this blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly nor stands in the path of sinners nor sits in the seat of the scornful but but blessed is the man whose delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. Interesting how that starts off. I'm, I'm, I'm kicking off the book with contemplative prayer. That's how the book starts off. Before it gets in, it was 176 it's at 176, is that right? It's close. Chapters in, in Psalms, but that's how the book starts off. You should pay attention to this. Um, listen to this commentary. I love this. So this is consistent contemplation and internalization of God's word for ethical direction and obedience. That's what Psalms 1 and 2 is. Right? This is literally the spiritual food. I mean, how do you think Jesus fasted for 40 days, 40 nights, right? How, how is that possible? Because he's eating the word. He's being sustained spiritually by spending time with his father. So there's three things. First, you've got to be consistent, especially when Mitch is talking about 21 days of prayer. Um, Got to be consistent, number one, which leads to, you know, contemplation. 
So I'm, I'm literally contemplating the word. I'm pondering it. I'm sitting with it. I'm asking questions. I, make, I love the word. I'm exploring. What does this mean? What is His delight is in a law. Universal delight and flourishing. Delight. Hmm. Put a pin in that word delight. That's interesting. We're going to see some more of that. But he delights in it. Jesus delighted spending time with his father. It sustained him. He didn't need anything else. And what happens after that is then it gets eternalized, right? So again, like you've heard me say, it's important where we start. It's no accident that he starts off. The psalmist starts off psalms like this. Let's look at Psalms 119. Mitch was just there. If you ever have time, you have time. Just carve out time. Make time to read Psalms 119 and just read it and sit with it. Do it tonight. It'll take you 10 minutes, but read it and, and, and sit with it. But I want to point out a few verses in Psalms 119. Um, first, verses 15 through 18. And it says this. 15 says, I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. I will delight, there's that word again, myself in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Deal bountifully with your servant that I may live and keep your word. Open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from your law. Look at verse 27. Make me understand the way of your precepts. So shall I meditate on your wonders, wonderful works. The psalmist is saying, make me. He literally knows that this is good for him, but there's outside forces that draw him away. And he's almost like, no, God's not going to make you do anything. Right? But he's like, Lord, like, literally, I make me. Like, I, want, I need it. I know that I need this. And for some reason, I, I, I don't do it. I started 21 days of prayer last year, and I just didn't do it. Lord, make me. I know this is important. I know that I need this. But my body and my flesh doesn't want to do it. Like, it just wants to do other stuff. So make me understand the way of your precepts. Look at verse 33. Teach me. O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I shall keep it to the end. Give me understanding, and I shall keep your law. Indeed, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Make me, again, make me walk in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to covetousness. Turn away my eyes from looking at worthless things and revive me in your way. He knows that all around me is worthless things. There's so many times that we're just looking at worthless things. We're going through Instagram. Just, <laughs> look at this cat. <laughs> this cat's doing silly stuff. Yo, oh, man, look at that. Oh, that's funny. Look at that dog. The dog is talking. Oh, that's, that is hilarious. Wait a second. Did I just spend an hour and a half looking at this stuff? Man. I'm not saying that funny cat videos isn't that bad. It's, you know, it's okay. It's... It's funny, but it's not funny for an hour and a half. Tell them about myself. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh man. But yeah, make me walk in your path. 
You guys know the story of Joshua? Let's go to Joshua. I'm going to tie this together. Joshua 1. Actually. Actually, you know what? We'll go a little bit. We'll go to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 31, 6 and 7. Listen to what this says. Actually, I'll start at one for context. So this is Joshua becoming the new leader of, of Israel. All right, so then Moses went and spoke these words to all of Israel. I'm in one. And he said to them, I am 120 years old today. I can no longer go out and come in. Also, the Lord said to me, you shall not cross this river Jordan. The Lord, your God himself, crosses over before you. He will destroy the nations from before you, and he shall dispose uh, dispose of them. Joshua himself crosses over before us, just as the Lord has said. And the Lord will do to them as he did to Shion and Og, the kings and the Amorites in their land. When he destroyed them, the Lord will give them over to you that you may do to them according to every commandment which I have commanded you. Listen to this. Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you, Emmanuel. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Then Moses called Joshua and said to him, In the sight of all of Israel, be strong and of good courage. If you were here a few weeks ago, um, good pastor friend and, and even Mitch and I have both talked about courage. Right? God is with us. Right? That's why we have courage. And it's interesting. Anytime that you see this in a Bible that it says something twice, you know, they didn't have, you know, we, in our language, we, we put stuff in bold and we put exclamation points and parentheses around it. They repeated things, which means, hey, pay attention to this. So he's saying, be strong and of good courage, for you must go with this people to the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall cause them to inherit it. So, with that context, go to Joshua 1. So this is, let's hear what God says to Joshua. This is God's commission to Joshua. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord. By the way, Joshua's like 90 years old here, and he's going to lead. So just keep that in mind. A lot of us are not 90. You know, he's... He's, he's leading it. But God's commissioning him at 90. Here we go. All right. So after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go to the Jordan, go to this Jordan, and you and all this people to the land which I am giving them, the children of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the, the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and to the great sea toward going down to, of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. That's an amazing commission right there, by the way. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. 
I will not leave you nor forsake you. Hmm. This is what Moses said to Joshua in Deuteronomy. Now God is saying this to Joshua himself. Look at verse 6. Be strong and of good courage. Now God is saying this. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance and the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. He says it again. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. So don't stay focused. Don't worry about what's going on on your left. Don't worry about the culture pulling you to your right. But stay focused on this. Number one, I'm going to be with you. Have courage. I got you. Emmanuel, no need to worry. Just, I just need you to do one thing. I just need you to do one thing. I just need you to do verse 8. That's what he's saying. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. Why? Why, why meditate? Why? I mean, this is what God said. So I like to explore. I like to sit with this. And I've sat with it for a couple of weeks. And I'm like, why is it? Hmm. Is this law? First of all, what's the book of the law? Like the first five books. That's what he's talking about here. Why is it important that he wants? Because that's where, that's how you build that relationship with God. That's how you get to know your father. He's saying, listen, you're going to be attacked all over. Like, you're going to get attacked. So this is how you have that relationship with me. So what is, what is contemplative prayer? Uh, it literally is Psalms 1-2. One, Psalms one That's what it is, right? It's literally reflecting on Scripture, pondering by talking to oneself. I do that. I admit it. I've said it before. I've already admitted it before, so you guys know. I will talk to myself. What is God saying here? What are you saying, Lord? Um, Listen to this. St. Teresa describes it like this. Contemplative prayer, in my opinion, is nothing else than a close sharing between friends. It means taking time frequently, again, that word consistent, taking time frequently to be alone with him who we know loves us. Contemplative prayer seeks him whom my soul loves. We seek the Lord by knowing and reflecting on his word. In my experience, that's how he speaks. That's how, I, that's how I hear him. If I'm not doing this, it's really hard to hear. It's really hard to hear him. You know, there's so much noise. We went through a whole series of busyness and hurriedness. And, and it's like God talks real soft, you know. He has a soft voice. And... Kind of talks like this. So if you have all this distraction going on, you can't hear. You can't hear them. Let's hammer out some definitions. Because yes, this is linked to meditation, but it's a different form. So there's there's centering prayer, right? That's focusing on silence, but allowing the mind to wander. Um, 
Some people agree with centering prayer. Some people don't. Uh, I like centering prayer. But it's, for me, it's like if you, if you have a, a strong question that I need to answer to, that I'll do centering prayer. Also, it's very good for just like a diagnostic, you know, like to diagnose yourself. Like just do centering prayer. Just sit still and like what is my mind wandering to? Like, and that's what's like my heart has to get through that stuff. I'm like, man, okay, I want to be with the Lord. Here we go. All right. I'm like, man, why are the Lakers keep losing? Man, no, I want to, no, I don't want to, man, how the lightning do it? No, man, you know, no, Lord, Lord, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm thinking about sports and stuff. Man, maybe I'm watching too much ESPN. Hmm, nope, diagnostic, diagnosing myself. Maybe I'm doing a little bit too much of this. Whatever is going through your mind, just let that flow. It takes about 15 minutes. In, in, in my account, you got to sit still for 15 minutes, and then all that noise passes by, and then you can hear from them. Anyways, that's centering prayer, okay? Um, discursive prayer, that's chewing on, on or reflecting on content. So like repeating the, a scripture over and over again, over and over again, over and over again, or focusing on an image, you know? When people do this, you know, in Catholicism, they do this. They focus on an image. They run, rub the beads, and they're like, okay. And they just focus on that image, and so they don't allow anything to, they don't allow their mind to wander. Um, the prayer of intercession, we know what that is. That's, you know, interve- intervening on someone's behalf. Uh, the prayer for guidance, that's self-explanatory. Uh, you know, and the list keeps going. So, but today we're focused on Psalms 1-2, contemplative prayer. So Richard Foster puts it this way. Prayer catapults us into the frontier of spiritual life. All, of all the spiritual disciplines, prayer is the most central because it ushers us into perpetual union with the Father. To pray is to change. Prayer is the central avenue God uses to transform us. If we are unwilling to change, we will abandon prayer as a noticeable characteristic of our lives. Ouch, that kind of cuts. If you're not willing to change, then you're not going to pray to change. This is just facts. So let's reverse engineer this. If you want to see change, you have to be willing to let God transform us. How? Consistent contemplation and internalization of God's word through keeping our vision up, recalibrating our lives like a compass needle, right? Every day in a discipline of silence and solitude. Understanding, like Mitch said earlier, that we're being conformed every day, subconsciously, no doubt, through social media, TV, sports, politics. That's why you can do centering prayer and see like, oh man, this is what I'm conforming to. So, there's a way to combat this conformity. This is why we take 21 days of prayer so seriously. Right? It's a pathway to what we call recalibration. Right? It's a pathway to 365 days of prayer. Now, we did this last year, and I know a lot of us have continued this the whole year. We've gone through a whole year of spending time 
with the Lord. And I can say that it's like I am different than I was January 1st last year. Um, my relationship is, is deeper. You know, but know that the flesh will do anything to distract you from, from this. Um, but just imagine, just imagine everyone in the church literally praying the same thing. What does day one say? Psalms 8. We read through Psalms 8. It's a beautiful psalm. You sit and you ponder it. We all pray together. We pray for God to help us see the good in everything first. By default, we always see the bad first in everything, right? Like, oh, you automatically see the bad first. But we pray for God to help us see the good first in everything and have compassion for the brokenness that we see because we're all broken. There's brokenness all the time. But let's not see that first, but let's ask God for compassion. And then meditate in silence and solitude for three minutes. Think deeply about scripture. You can just read it. Try repeating it in your mind. Taking a long, slow, deep breaths. When you're done, thank God for the time. That's ten minutes. Ten minutes a day in the morning, I find, is, is the best time. Um, but yeah, the enemy wants to distract us. Think the enemy wants to see everyone in the church doing this? Absolutely not. I mean, literally doing it every single day. You know how, pow- <laughs> you know how powerful this is? How, how, how powerful that would be if we all prayed together, we were all seeking the Lord, and we were all were covering out time just for Him? How powerful that would be in your life. Because we can't do this alone. We are a body. I've, listen, I tried the lone wolf thing for a long time. When I was younger, I was like, you know, all I need is, I didn't go to church for probably three years, I'm like 26 through 27 through 28, somewhere around there, 29. And I was like, ah, you know, I got my Bible and that's all I need. It's good, but you need community. We, you don't, I can't say to the ear, I don't need you. Because then I, I was, I couldn't see, couldn't hear. Right? So we're, we're made to be together. But notice that you will get attacked with distractions, hurriedness, and busyness. Oh, man, I, I woke up late. Ah, well, you know, I got to go to work. Not for me. Like, number one priority is carving out time for God. I don't care if I stayed up last night and watched Netflix on TV and I stayed up to 2 o'clock in the morning. That's my fault. Night Jerome doesn't care about morning Jerome. He don't. He don't care. Night Jerome want to do whatever he wants. I got to tame him. But guess what? It doesn't matter. In the morning, if I wake up late, like, oh, man, uh, uh, I'm late. Oh, it's too bad. I'm not going to eat breakfast. This is going to come first, period, for me in my life. I might have to skip breakfast and skip other things that I want to do in the morning. And that's too bad. Next time, you know, don't let night your own win. Wake up. <laughs> go to bed. Uh, you know, one of my best friends is going through it right now. He's going through the ringer. You know, he got injured on the job. He's incapacitated currently, has a leg injury. Um, he's used to being very active and athletic, and 
he told me, he's like, listen, Rome, I'm, he's like, I've been unable to sleep. I've had anxiety. Um, he's had depressive thoughts. Um, we prayed the biggest issue for him was he's waking up at night. And he's waking up at like 2 a.m. And he, and he can't sleep. So I told him, I said, listen, use this time against the enemy. Right? Because it's so easy. It's so easy to wake up and like, oh, you can't go back to sleep. So, oh, man, well, I'm get my phone and what's on Instagram? Or I might as well watch a movie. Or I might as well, like, that's, the, that's the easy way out. I said, Use his time against the enemy like, like Aikido. You're being attacked right now. And he's a, he's a martial arts guy, so he knows what Aikido is. You know what Aikido is? It's like the martial art that you use your attacker's force back on them, right? So they, you know, charge you, and then you, you see like a 105-pound girl flip a guy that's 230 pounds. Like, how did she pick him up and throw him through the air? Well, actually, she just used... He was attacking her, and she used that. I said, do the same thing here. I said, do the same thing. All right. I keep waking up. I'm having anxiety. Well, guess what? I'm going to spend time in contemplative prayer. Awesome. Because subconsciously, we're being conformed all the time to everything. So now, if I'm up, I'm not going to step back into that conformity. No, I'm going to... Work on transforming the mind. I'm going to spend my time doing that. If I'm going to be up, I'm spending time with God. Period. So, thanks, enemy. Appreciate it. Not let me sleep? Okay. That's how it's going to work. So I said, yeah, if you can't sleep, meditate and contemplative prayer day and night. Why? Because Psalms 1-2 says, you'll be blessed. That's what it says. You'll be blessed. So if you wake up at midnight, okay, great. I'm up. I can't go back to sleep. All right. And I'm spending time with you, Lord. I always wake up in the middle of the night. Every night. I wake up and I go to the refrigerator. And I drink a Gatorade or whatever is there. Actually, I like these little ice drinks. I like a water bubbly drink. And I'll drink a little bit of it and, uh, and I'll go back to bed. It's like, you know what? How about when I wake up in the middle of the night, I can just spend just a, just a second with God. It's not even just saying a statement, Lord, like I'm, you are... You are God and I am not. That's it. Making that proclamation. You are God and I am not. Thank you, Lord. Then go back to bed. That took like five seconds. Even that is transformative if I do that. If you're waking up anyways. You know what I mean? If you're waking up anyways, why don't I just do that? You know, you are creator and I am creature. Like, and just that. And then... Go back to bed. So in closing, I got three things involving your purpose that I want you to consider, okay? Um, Our purpose. 
to enjoy God, serve Him, love Him. Pretty simple. That's what you're made for. You're made to be in union with Him, to be in relationship with the Father. So, I would ask, are you enjoying time with your Heavenly Father? Or are you carving out time? And if you are, are you enjoying that time with Him? Right? Keep that question in your head. Two, Jesus came as King who serves, as a King who serves. Are we willingly serving Him? Because He's like upside down from this world. He's not like any other king. Every other king came to rule and conquer, and he rules, but he rules differently. He came to serve. Are we willingly serving him? If you remember a couple weeks ago, um, that quote from St. Augustine, love God and do whatever you please, for the soul trained in love to God will do nothing to offend the one who is beloved. You guys remember that? You were here a couple weeks ago. So three, do you truly love him? Do we truly love him or do we just pay him lip service? Ouch. Sit with these questions. Are you enjoying time with your heavenly father? Are you willingly serving him? Do you truly love him or do you just pay him lip service? Wrestle with these questions. It's... um. It's a good exercise. It's a really good exercise. And if your answer is no, or I'm not sure, then ask God. Ask God to help you love him more. Ask God to help you serve more. And ask God to help you enjoy the time with him. You can ask God for anything. He's your father. Right? Man, I don't know if I'm enjoying, I can serve more, or I can, I just don't want to. I don't feel like it. I don't know. I just don't do it. Okay, let me go to the Father. Lord, help me. I mean, what, what did the psalmist say? Why do you think he was saying, make me, make me, teach me, help me? I want to do these things. Communicate that with the Father. If you ask, you will receive. Amen? Let me pray. Lord, we love you. You are God. We are not. You are God, and we are not. We are creature, and you are the creator, Lord. And you love us. You are mindful of us. Psalms 8 says, that you are mindful of man and you made the stars in the heavens, but still you want to have a relationship with us. Father, we ask that you will just soften our hearts um, so that we can just receive your word, Lord. When we start this 21 days of prayer, that it will be transformative. And we know the pitfalls, we know the enemy's coming. We know the enemy is going to distract us 
from doing this. You know that he's going to try to say, oh, you don't have time. Or, oh, your favorite show is playing right now. Or, you're going to miss tonight's football game. Or, uh, you can do it later. That's the biggest lie. Uh, just do it later. We'll do it tonight. We'll do it later. We'll do it later. And, Father, I just pray that we will just be diligent in knowing ourselves because we know ourselves and if you know yourself you know what traps are set for you so let us just avoid those Lord give us direction Father we trust in you our faith is in you Lord just direct our paths um, this year we're excited uh, just to spend more time with you this year <laughs> starting off rough on the outside but spiritually we are with you so we are good we are good because you are a good good father and you have us so let us not get distracted by all the noise but let us keep our vision up on you we love you father we say this in Jesus name